advice. Advice. Greetings, posers and punks. I'm Jessica Lee for Advice. Um, we've got our other uh, lovely host from Only Posers, Sarah Lezak. Is that how thank you pronounce you. that, my dear? Yes, it is. Lovely. Thank you. Um, I was wondering. So, so today's <laughs> guest is the lovely Anna Kaufman, uh, resident of Asbury Park. A uh, member of Flexiglass and actually one of our guest artists for Women's History Month. Um, she did some featured uh, educational spots about women in history over the month of March. And we are so, so, so pleased to have her as our guest for advice today. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, we're, ex we're extending Women's History Month. <laughs> yes, because yes. Because why are. not? We deserve more than a month anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Women's History life yes, <laughs> up yes, in here. <laughs> Women run everything. Beyonce wasn't kidding when she said who run the world. I mean, uh, and whatever she says is law, quite frankly. So, <laughs> But yeah, we're so happy to have you, Anna. I mean, I feel like you've been a like ghost member of the podcast for a long time just because of all of the help that you've been giving. I've been here for a Matt and yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, like not necessarily always something that was on the screen or or anything but like organizing events um and actually i mean especially lately in the great city of asbury park um i know you've been putting in uh, a lot of hours canvassing for the rent control vote that's coming up soon yes yes <gasps> we can we can start off with that and then i, can I think we should lead too. with that um it's just really i mean we could lead we could lead with we it lead with we can pick it up it. later as well it's it's Important. really worth mentioning so do you want to tell us you a little bit about that this but i'm holding it up this is the flyer for the um april 20th vote for rent control in asbury park um so i'm going to start off by saying that the city council has signed on a rent control ordinance already and i'm going to actually repeat myself and say rent control ordinance um there's been a lot of misinformation spread by opposition. The rent control that we are supporting right now, not only does it cap the um, rent at 4% of the CPI, but it is not only gonna stop rent costs from raising in just disgusting amounts over, you know, over time here in Asbury Park, but also offers other protections to renters. So, for example, if you have electricity issues or if you have any sort of utilities or any sort of problems, I'm talking leaks, vermin, cockroaches, you can actually apply for deductions from your rent. And not only will that, you know, prorate your rent when you're experiencing issues, but it will also incentivize landlords to take care of these issues before you even move into the building. So your annual inspections will be taking place where inspectors go into these rentals and they go and they inspect the place and they make sure that you're not being overcharged for certain utilities. They make sure that you are, have working plumbing and electricity and that you don't have cockroaches. I say these things because these are things I have experienced as a renter in this area. And um, yeah, there, there's, you can all, all shout out the website at the end of the podcast so you guys can look into it. Um, it's April 20th. If you are registered to vote in Asbury Park and you, you know, have time on April 20th, go and vote. If you are getting your mail-in ballot, if you haven't received it already, you should be receiving it any day now. I've been out canvassing. I actually met Andrea, who works with the uh, Asbury Park Affordable Housing Coalition yesterday. And, That's um, APAHC underscore NJ on Instagram. Yeah, so if you see APHC rent control, that's them. It's the Asbury Park Affordable Housing Coalition. Believe me when I say, when you see 
this Protect Asbury Park Instagram, this Protect Asbury Park um, group, Landed. they are the opposition. They are representing uh, landlords. They're res- representing developers who really make up like a very small percentage of, of the people here in Asbury Park. I believe it's over 80%. It may have been 85% of Asbury Park residents are renters. And the rent control that they introduced, uh, the city council and this opposition to us, only covers 30% of renters. And if you live in a, in a building that only has, I think, like five or less units, you're not even covered at all whatsoever. And ours covers, what was it? I have it right here, 95% of renters in Asbury Park. It's a lot of people, people that rent that are covered by our rent control ordinance. Um, you see this Protect Asbury Park stuff, they don't actually represent, they, they, they're kind of making out to seem like they represent tenants. I am an Asbury Park tenant. I rent in Asbury Park. <laughs> I've actually been renting in Asbury Park on and off for the better of the past four or five years. Believe me when I say they don't represent us. Um, the Asbury Park Affordable Housing Coalition represents us. And the rent control that we are voting on April 20th, please vote yes. We will not get the opportunity to do this again for at least 10 years. So if this vote does not go through, we will not get the opportunity to even discuss another vote like this for 10 years. So it's now or never. And we've really been going out in full force. I was out with Andrea yesterday. We were like, not chasing people down necessarily, but the best (laughs) thing to do in Asbury Park, especially in my district. So I'm in district six of Asbury Park, which is up like in like northern east side of Asbury. There's mad people walking dogs. So our game plan was like, That's how you get them. That's how you get them. And I... We, both myself and Andrew, we lost our dogs in the past couple years, so we didn't have the ability to go out with our own dogs. So we're like, we're going to just go after these dog walkers. You can still meet lots of dogs in this line of work. (laughs) Nobody was upset. We were very, like, unassuming. We're just like, hey, do you have a moment to talk? It's the middle of a pandemic. We're trying not to get too close to people. But everybody was really happy to talk to us. Not only were they happy to – some people knew about the vote, and they were planning on voting yes. Some people didn't know about the vote at all whatsoever, so we were very happy to reach them. And some people had been reached by the opposition first. And they, the first thing that they would say is, oh, isn't this going to raise taxes? First of all, it's not. And that's misinformation that's being spread by the opposition. It's not. And also, newsflash, if you are a property owner in Asbury Park, property values are rising, taxes are going to rise. That has nothing to do with this vote. It's irrelevant. If you're a property owner you're registered to vote in Asbury Park, I encourage you also to vote yes because it's not going to affect you. But what it is going to do is it's going to protect the people that live in Asbury Park currently. Um, not only is it going to protect like low and middle income families and individuals, um, but it, it's also like gentrification. You know, we can get, we, we could really go into like how this town has evolved, how the I city mean, has evolved. We have time. Yeah. <clears throat> the city has evolved a lot over the past like five to 10 years. And I think there are a lot of people who are grateful for certain parts of the city, like, you know, seeming safer, right? But, you know, a a few people I spoke to yesterday, um, also white females, like myself, who live on my street. So my next door neighbor said that when they moved into their building, their landlords told them, oh, I can't wait to get more of you in here. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because a lot of landlords are trying to push people of color out of these buildings. They're trying to push families that have been living in this town, this city, for generations out. And we don't want that. It's racist, and it's it's not what we're standing for. So, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and you can get more information about the rent control vote at, uh, I believe it's apwantsrentcontrol.com. Yep, yep. So, uh, I mean, and also if you have any questions, like, 
you can DM us on on Instagram. Um, only posers don't listen. Um, I know Black Matt Snaps would be more than happy to answer your oh, questions, yeah. and he he posts frequently with updates as well. Um, and this is happening. What's today? The sixth. It's coming up quick. It's in two weeks from today. And this episode will be posted as soon as possible. Okay, cool. That would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. To, uh, who needs editing? Let's post this raw. <laughs> it's, it, this is a really important thing. And I'm, I'm really happy to be involved with that. I know we're all really happy to be involved with it. Because no doubt. Because, like I said, we're only going to, this is like our one chance to get this done. In the Absolutely. Because in, in 10 years, when it is something that's able to be discussed, there's not going to be enough people left in town no, exactly. that would want such. Uh, a policy in place because they will be the ultra rich, the gentrifiers, and and it, it is unfortunate that we even need to think in terms of that long term. But if we, I mean, you know, uh, you, you try to be as hopeful as possible when it comes to something like this. But like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, hoping for the best doesn't work when the opposition does not care about the average person. And like, I can just tell you the history of my building. So the building I'm living in currently. Um, on 7th Avenue, I lived there for two years. I moved there in a desperate situation. I had to get out of my previous building. And um, when I moved in, there were people that had been living there for 11 years, 15 years. They've been living there for a long time. They've seen the evolution of Asbury Park. And the landlords were, at the time, trying to push those people out. They were raising their rent, like, exponentially and in hopes of getting them out. And I remember one of my particular neighbors she actually lawyered up and she's like, I'm not paying this rent increase. And they settled with her. They're like, oh, we'll move you to a different building, yada, yada, yada. So over the two years that I lived there, I saw every single resident that lived there at the time go. Now, then I moved into... Hey, <laughs> I we were neighbors for a while. Just backyard. I was just camping out. And <laughs> yep. She had her little tent set up. And I'm not even lying about that. Oftentimes, she would sleep in a tent yeah, between our houses. Yeah, that is true. As soon as I had any sort of outdoor space, I pitched my tent and I slept out there. That is true. But she, she, her and her family have this beautiful little back house that I lived in for two years. I moved there specifically because the rent was getting too high in Asbury and I could not, not take up the offer of living there. But now I've had to move back into Asbury. I moved back into the building I used to live in and all of the residents that were there even when I lived there less than two years ago are gone. So that's what's gonna happen. Wow. These buildings are having really high turnover rates because people could probably afford to maybe rent there for a year at a time and then they have to leave and I haven't looked at the video myself but I've been told by the people that I've been you know canvassing with with the um, Asbury Park Portable Housing Coalition that my landlord who will name who will remain nameless at this time um is is was in a discussion with them at some point who is on lines you know saying like oh I'm in, essentially entitled to these people money you know, people are going to come to this town, they're going to pay this money, I'm going to keep taking their money, and I'm going to keep raising the rent. You know, can I afford to live there right now? Barely. Um, <laughs> barely, barely, honestly. And it, next year, am I going to be able to afford to live there? Probably not, if it's going to be, if, if the rent's going to be raised. I mean, you know, eventually I think we should just all buy a punk house and move in and I'll have what like like an eight bedroom john we're gonna have to to like afford uh, to afford property for real uh, um I mean not that I would be opposed to that but it doesn't it shouldn't have to fucking come to that yeah um like especially in a town that is as diverse as this like you yes. uh, when you have uh, um developers moving in and and taking advantage of the hard work that 
the current residents have put in to improve their own town. Yeah. And in like in an attempt to, to drive those people out as well. Um, it's fucking disgusting. Yeah, the diversity is purposely being pushed out of this town, and that is what represents this town. Like, you know, this town by nature, you know, it it's wouldn't be what it was. Yeah, or what it is now. Color, you know, Hispanic people, black people have been living in this, this city forever. And the fact that we want to just, you know, now that we've been developing it for what, like six years, seven years, we want to push all those families out that have been living here for generations who have seen this town go from, you know, what it was in the 60s, 70s, and to now is, I. I personally don't stand for it. None of us stand for it. And seriously, if you are registered to vote in, the, in Asbury Park, and I'll let you know. So I, because I just moved back into town, I just re-registered to vote in Asbury, and I just missed the mark. But I'm still voting because I can submit a provisional ballot, and I can still vote. And they'll, I think, count my vote after everybody else's. So if you're like, oh, I'm not even registered to vote, or I live here, but I'm not registered to vote, as long as you have some document that can prove that you're a resident here, you can still do a provisional ballot and you can still vote. That's what I'm planning on doing. You should do the same if you're in, you know, my shoes. It really matters a lot. So. Right. And even if you don't live in town, if you're not registered to vote in town, if you know anyone who lives Spread in Asbury Park, tell them. Or even if you don't know if you know anyone in Asbury Park, still share that information because it's really fucking important yeah. to uh, the, uh, I mean... The, the whole culture of our town to the existing residents of our town and anyone who aspires to live here as a person who has modest means um, in general. If you come to Asbury Park and you go to Langosta and you enjoy the free music or you go to <laughs> Cookman and you eat the food and you go, oh my God, I love it here and you go to the beaches, like spread the word, do your part, protect this city. We're trying so hard to do it. We're up against a lot. We're up against these big developers, these landlords. There's not even that many of them. We're not even up against that many people, but they have so much power that it's a lot of opposition that we're up against. And that's why I will be spamming my Facebook a lot <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, <laughs> Anna came out of uh, social yeah. media retirement <laughs> for this vote. It's, it's that important it, a cause. It, yeah. Um, and I, I, I believe it's worth it. I, you know, even though there's there's a lot to uh, have to weed through on on social media for anything that is of i guess value um or <laughs> whatever you would want to consider it um recycled memes. it's it's so, yeah <laughs> i mean actually i don't mind them uh I but i mean that. i think one of the things ab about social media is like you you can really stay up to date on a lot of things and even if you don't live in a specific area you might have a follower who lives in that area that needs to be reached with that information right. And at the end of the day, like Anna was saying, we aren't actually up against a lot of people. It's just that they have a lot of influence. So the more people that we are able to reach who understand oh, we will that this them. is for the benefit of the average people, of the citizens of this town, of the people who've lived here forever, um, then we have all the power in that situation. Like I said before, we just have to use it. Of Asbury Park residents are renters. You know, if enough of those people are registered to vote and will vote yes, like we will win this thing. And I'm hoping for the best. We're all hoping for the best. We're doing our part. Do yours as well if you have the ability. Thank to. you so much for doing your part, Anna. We, I mean, as a non-resident of Asbury Park, but an appreciator of the culture here and just someone who ends up in this town a lot. Hi. Reporting at you live from Ghost Harbor <laughs> Creative 
on, I think this is Bond Street. We're on bangs. On bangs. There we go. <laughs> on bangs. You see, <clears throat> I've outed myself as a non-resident because I don't know where the hell I am. But anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for that information. And again, thank you for putting in the hard work, um, canvassing, spreading the word for for coming out of your social media retirement to spread the word. We really appreciate everything that you do. Um, so actually, moving on to some other things that, that you happen to do, um, I also wanna thank you for being a part of our Women's History Month yeah, celebration. Thank you. Um, I, feel like, I feel like I have so many like questions about <laughs> the process and about the research that you've done. I don't want to overwhelm you with that too much. Well, I'll, I'll be um, interested to like hear also how, what your process yeah, was too. Like Sarah is our resident historian, too. so <laughs> I feel like this is a, a, a conversation that I can actually I'll just sip my coffee. Um, but I do want to ask, like, I, I know that you were doing like pretty much daily research and and filming up. I, I would say every day or maybe every other day, and and maybe stockpiling some others and actually getting some other women from the area involved yeah. as well. Yep, so definitely. Uh, our friend Tiffany Wallace, who is also from TikTok, from Flexiglass. <laughs> I'm like, TikTok? It's, it's ingrained <laughs> in my brain. Um, from Flexiglass um, did a guest spot or two. Yeah. And then our, our friend Kim Obi as well um, did some, some guest spots on, uh, on <laughs> Bodega Cat with a zero follower on TikTok. Yeah, people had already taken my Instagram tag, so I had to improvise, but it's okay. It's a tough time to be on social media these days. I don't know what kids are going to do in the future. Like, there won't be any words left. Yeah, I can curse on here. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I broke the seal already, and, like, I'm not going to pretend like this isn't an 18-plus podcast. Like, well, we just re our biggest fan just recently became 18. That's right. So. Hey, happy birthday, <laughs> by the way. I saw the posts. I've never met you in real life, but I'm not even sure what your name is. Alex. The 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 straight edge punk Alex, I believe. Yeah. Congratulations, um, Alex. It doesn't get any better from here. Just kidding. But, <laughs> you know, congrats on adulthood's kind of neat, it's I guess. Cool. It is cool. But oh, you know what? Actually, you know what? You're right. It's a lot better than being a teenager. Yeah, don't absolutely. get your hopes up yes. too much. But we love to have you as a part of our our 18 plus club um special yeah. shout out to you alex also um thanks for being a fan thanks for being a friend special shout out to spencer whose birthday is today as today well. an aries king <laughs> yeah i wouldn't <laughs> imagine i honestly of all of the things i could imagine that spencer is it wouldn't be an aries but i'll have to <laughs> show us the rest <laughs> of the birth chart uh <laughs> excuse me i had to be the uh, astrology astrology bitch for a that. second um it's all right. I only know what the internet has taught me, which is probably, well, you know, the internet's a great place to learn. Um, it is. So you said that you did, like, uh, your, your, like, daily, like, research and stuff. Or there, was there anyone that you weren't already planning on covering for Women's History Month that you found out about and decided, like, oh, I need to talk about this person? Um not to go on a total 180 here or anything, but yeah. like I feel like I learned a lot from your posts as well. I did too. So when I was covering women, there was women I already knew I wanted to cover that I learned more about. Or like, for example, when I did like Malala, I had just finished her autobiography. So that was like a good one to do. Um, there's women that 
um, Sydney, our friend, our good friend Sydney, who I think actually did she do a podcast with you guys recently? She did a live stream with. Um, she did a live stream with Matt. Yeah. And uh, it was actually very informative. If you go to Only Posers Don't Listen on Instagram, the entire episode was about um, abolition of yeah, the prison industrial complex um, and in uh, abolition of just police in general and why abolition is the solution rather than reform. Um, and that should be listed under, I guess, Sydney, what is her last name? Sorry. Is it Novak? Sydney Novak Sorry, and Matt Sydney. Daniels <laughs> on IGTV on Only Posers Don't Listen. Um, we watched the whole episode together, I believe. And I learned a lot. I mean, yeah. um, it was very, very concise information and um, definitely worth going back to a lot, actually. It's, it's very good. Don't it's just watch it once. <laughs> really absorb it, so, y'all. And it was, it was good for me. So when I was at Rutgers, when I was completing my bachelor's, I found out, like, last minute, like, oh, shit, girl, you still got six credits you got to fulfill, which they love telling you after they tell you, no, no, you're good to graduate. <laughs> oh, Education. So, so yeah, so I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna take some gender, sex, and race studies. So I took this one feminism class, and we talked a lot about intersectionality, which is a lot of what Sydney gets into, which is like where people kind of like meet multiple points of like oppression, essentially. Like when you have like you know a black woman, like a black trans woman, for example. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like the new conversation with feminism is taking in, it's not, it's not just white feminism anymore. Like we're taking into account. Thankfully. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yes. white feminism is, like, exactly. dangerous, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Like, well, it's, it's really important to discuss intersectionality, and she got into that a lot, so, and that's good. And I think, um, like, one of the people I covered in my Women's History Month, um, uh, whose name I can't remember, which is I'm an asshole for, because I covered so many women. And sometimes some of them, yeah, thinking I, yeah. is hard. <laughs> thinking is hard. Yeah. I've been up since 5 a.m., but I'm here. Um, Yo, shout out to both of these ladies for working yeah, right? for working full shifts. Yeah, since four. Coming here to meet up, <laughs> right? In like the 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 dark ass hours of the morning, these ladies <laughs> leave. They go to work. They work an eight hour shift plus, Ooh. and then yeah. come here and do a whole podcast. Someone right here only had what two pizza rolls? Wait, bagel bites. Six bagel bites. No coffee today. And. Oh, and, and it's Kimberly Crenshaw who I'm discussing. And one PB and J since since, uh, since we need to have like an only posers nutrition like system. <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 create like one of those protein powders that you can just shake up. We need one. Or, of those. Right? I mean, even just when you show up to the the recording <laughs> studio, uh, we'll just have them on hand. Gallery, <laughs> right? And just like you know, throw some powder with some tap water together, shake it up, and then you got your only posers brew. There's like, I don't know, dried whiskey somewhere in it as well. I was well. gonna say. Gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> there is also shout out to the empty bullet bourbon bottle that is holding up the camera that's filming this right now. Um, <laughs> it's it, you know you make it work in this industry. <laughs> like, it's hard to get eight or so people all aligned to make a plan for something of this nature, but somehow we all manage to do it. Even when it subverts our original plans, we yeah. make it work. Like yeah. the 25-minute sound check for these microphones. <laughs> like we are not going to let that slow us down, or we will let it slow us down, but it's not going to stop us. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so you said that you <laughs> – to so get back on track. Get back on track. What you said you had read Malala's book. What was your degree in? 
So I have a degree in psychology, and I'm actually going for my master's this summer. I'm going to Moms University to get my clinical mental health counseling uh, master's and eventually my LPC and my LPT. I'm looking to become a licensed therapist, and I've already put in, like, way too much damn school, and I'm planning on putting in more. (laughs) That's what it takes. Um, But, yeah. It's all about the grind. Yeah. It's all about school. Well, we we so uh, – as a – person who could use a therapist i appreciate you going into that field because we really need more mental health counselors yes, we do um out in the world in general and i realize that there's probably a certain measure of emotional burden that comes with going into that field um but uh yeah i i super <laughs> appreciate that you are putting in the work to do that because um mental health is so important it's important and there's still so much stigma around it. Like, my own mother, if you're listening to this, Joanne, I'm talking about you. <laughs> my own mother, like, you know, I, I know so many people that are close to me um, who are just not going to get therapy. I, I don't want to say never. I, I hope that's not the case. But there's so many people who won't get therapy because they're like, I don't need it. But you do need it. You have trauma oh. or you or yes. not. Maybe you're just, like, a little stressed. Even if you're stressed about something that you think is stupid at the time, like, we can all benefit from therapy. Absolutely. It's Shop like arounds. Not every Therapy is not a one-size-fits-all. Um, but there are so many people who either are afraid to get it or are just, like, putting it off, procrastinating it. And there's also a lot of people who cannot afford it. So... One, like, cornerstone of my career that I'm, I'm aiming for is, like, I also took some community psychology classes when I was at Rutgers, and community psychology is basically, like, saying, okay, a lot of people's mental illness, specifically, like, depression and anxiety, is based off of the fact that people live in poverty, that they don't have their basic yep. needs. Absolutely. Um, and so, like, if you fix things on a community level, like homelessness and, and poverty and making sure people are fed and taken care of, you can tackle a lot of mental illness at its root. Um, and that's not the case for everybody, obviously, but that's something that I think is really important. And it's definitely uh, important to have an a- awareness of the fact that a lot of the root of mental illness is in that uh, quality of life disparity um, between low-income people, between like the homeless as well. Like, um, if you are living, like, I guess below your means is that is that the proper terminology the amount of psychological stress that comes along with that um is debilitating and it will really take a toll um but that also comes in in line with the the fact that mental health care is not really accessible for people who have who are of low income it's it's not a lot of people get into this field thinking like i'm going to be like an armchair therapist i'm going to make a lot of money like okay and a lot of people i feel like maybe it's kind of almost like lawyers too where there's like a basis where they sometimes are are offering their services to people who are low income or they're working for a nonprofit. Um, i worked for a nonprofit for a little while i worked for at new hope which is a behavioral health and um, substance abuse recovery facility and it's a nonprofit. They have like their profit sector as well where they're getting paid. But I think it's so important. Like, obviously, you know, social workers don't even really get, I don't want to say they don't get paid that much. I guess it depends on what state you're in and whatnot and where you're at specifically. Um, but these like psychologists who are like making loads and loads of money and I don't know, that that's not your only option. Like there's a lot of facilities, outpatient places, counselors, um, nurse practitioners. There's a lot of options you can look into um, and resources you can look into to to get help. And I'm hoping that in my career I can offer services more to people who can't necessarily afford therapy. 
because it's something that should be accessible to everybody. And it's great that a lot of, I think under Obama's presidency, he made it more available for people to be able to get therapy covered by their insurance. Don't quote me on exactly what he did, but I know that that was something that happened during his presidency. Um, but still, there's so many people that are uninsured, so... Oh, hi. There needs to be options <laughs> yeah. option oh, for them, boy. too. Yeah, and it's like, I, I feel like the application process for um, a lot of the like government assistance for insurance is really complex. Yeah. And it, I don't know if it's done so on purpose, necessarily, but I personally speaking, I had to table my registration process because I did not understand the uh, the questions, uh, um, the information that they needed from me. So I just have like an open tab for NJ Family Care on my phone that I haven't touched in like three months yeah. because I don't even know where to proceed from there. I've uh, known a couple <laughs> people who have difficulty with like, and I, I personally like I'm I'm lucky to be insured, but yeah, I, I it's I've heard that some people have had problems with inaccessibility to that even. Um, we don't have to go all into it, but I remember Matt's toe situation. He was applying for family care, or he had issues. So Our uh, survivor of <laughs> mild dismemberment, Matt Daniels. Yeah, I actually, uh, so during one of the most recent um, Operation St Street Sweeper, I will never say that correctly on the first attempt. It's such a tongue twister to me. Uh, but on in the most uh, recent uh, Operation Street Sweeper, not today, but the the one from last week because we do it every Tuesday. Stay tuned. Um, I in Springwood Park, I found a Black Panther, uh, fully articulated action figure, who was also an amputee. He's missing his arm from the elbow down, and I'm like, this is this is Matt Daniels. Treasure. Amputee Black Black Panther is uh, the embodiment of matt daniels I, I i firmly believe and i'm i'm going to use him as i wish i had brought him uh our our mascot <laughs> for operation like street sweeper i i have a drawer of them already um that's the fun thing about picking up garbage is you you occasionally will stumble across some uh yeah, some treasures but i i, I think that whole um uh movement i guess that we're trying to start picking up trash in town is like is just a good way to um to bring a little bit of of light into this town yeah. once a week even just seeing some of the citizens of the town witness us uh like picking up trash and and seeing the 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 joy that that infuse in, in people who it's don't necessarily have as much yeah way. absolutely yeah. and some um, people were angry and like so you know some people were so? Well, I don't know if you were there with us the first. I don't think so. Maybe it was the first day or the second time we did it. A few people were, it's not that they were angry. They were just kind of talking shit and whatever. And I was, like, trying to make sense of it. And it, it is what it is. Some people roll through and they talk shit. Um, but, you know, a lot of people were seeing what we were doing. Operation Street, uh, Street Super, I right? really can't say It's right hard. Now. It's okay. really hard. <laughs> we will change the name. But, uh it's great. Like, we go out there. You don't need, like, a license to go and pick up trash. Just get some gloves, heavy-duty ones, and some garbage bags and get some friends and just do it. And you'll meet a lot of people in the community, and a lot of people were really happy with what we were doing. A lot of people were saying, oh, what you're doing is beautiful. And we had a lot of people that were, like, being kind of rude towards us. And the reality is, and, like, I feel as if, like, that part of town that we were in, a lot of the people in that community aren't used to, like, kindness from strangers. 
at all. So it could have been like something to do with that. That was just my interpretation anyways, you know. They're like, oh, these people are picking up trash in, in this park, but like, you know. Uh, yeah, I feel like in any, in, in a lot of cases when it comes to that like reflexive negativity, it's kind of just their, their, their knee-jerk yeah. reaction to something like that. Like, why would people who aren't from around my area be picking up trash in my area? Like, that's mm-hmm. not, none of their business. Or, or, or whatever, uh, like, the root of that motivation yeah. would be. Um, it's still... <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, ghosts stumbling into Ghost Harbor Creative through the back door. Um, but they're all welcome, honestly. Although... I'm actually surprised we didn't get any any door notifications in that one. In any event. Um, so actually, so we start those in, uh, usually we meet up in Springwood Park, um, which is actually a place that we have, uh, as Flexiglass, hosted some shows, done done events at. Um, so it's a, it's a nice, like, community area. You're going to go in front of the, ca- the camera, Kyle. Did you know that? Kyle. <laughs> um, guest cameo appearance. From Kyle one done a young Kyle, Kyle podcast, so he's welcome anytime. Yeah, he, um, he can come onto the screen. That's Kyle okay. may not be an official advice host, but he did the crap out of this audio. Um, he took the helm for Matt Daniels, who's getting his second round of yeah. vaccinations today. Um, but we love our guys; they they do plenty of work behind the scenes, and all we well, as the two women in the podcast. Hello. <laughs> um, we well, I mean, as we continue to just be beautiful and yeah. uh, charming, <laughs> um, <laughs> we've got a couple of crusty punks behind the scenes. Exactly. Um, behind every crusty punk is a woman. Behind every <laughs> woman is, is Matthew Daniels, as, as I like to say, <laughs> because he backs the entire community of yes. uh, intersectional yeah. females. Um, so speaking of, to go all the way back to the Women's History Month um, Absolutely, posts, let's go. Tell me, like, a little bit about, like, your inspiration and, like, how what your process was for, like, doing those posts, because I'm curious. Well, so I appreciate you doing the whole month because, you know, I did, like, <laughs> half of it. I picked it up, and I was like, I'm doing way too much, so I'm just going to put this down. It's a lot of work. Come yeah. back to it, but never did. Um, <laughs> so I took from the zine, because I write on the same history zine, so I would, like, look at it every day and be like, okay, what – is a woman that did something because there's actually a lot for some i don't know i mean women do a lot but there's not usually that many women that do things and then i also had a website that was like on this day specifically for women like when women were born what they did and then besides that it was just looking up women that were you know like important or i related to like i think the last one i did i don't remember her name but she wrote like names uh, are hard 150 (laughs) scripts like um for movies when oh, it was okay. becoming, when they were adding sound to movies, like when Whoa. they started that, yeah. Okay, I see. And I don't know so why. So like the early yeah, film industry. Yeah, the early. It, wow. it would not exist without her, kind of. Well, you can um, reference back to Sarah's um, posts to get that information. You can reference back to Anna's posts to get that information. But I'm pretty sure that's also something that's been reposted on only posers don't listen. Yeah, it's on the all of them are on the only posers don't listen Instagram page. Matthew Daniels also if you follow him, they're on his page. I believe he shared. They're on um, his TikTok, my TikTok. Yeah. They're also on the Facebook, on the only posers mm-hmm. Facebook that automatically gets posted to Facebook. They're everywhere. I'm just yeah. going to go ahead and they're confidently say you can find all of the information that we're talking about 
in the description yeah. below. Yeah. So, so for me, like, you know, Matt, Matt had just done the, um, you know, the Black History Month posts, and he comes to me, and he's like, and I've never used TikTok before in my life, um, and he comes to it's me, and he's hell like, of a way to warm up to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing it every day. So he comes to me, and he asks, would you do a couple? I was like, yeah, I'll do a couple. And then that turns into, can you please do them every day? Daily. Like, have them done by this time, which I was happy to do. And so I don't know if you guys have ever seen, or you viewers have ever seen uh, Billy on the Street. <laughs> Billy. It's a really funny show where this guy's out in New York City, and he's just, like, putting people on the spot. And, like, one of the things he does, he's like, I'll give you a dollar if you name a woman. Name a woman. And he goes up to other, like, to women on the street and just puts a, micro puts a microphone in their face. And he's just like, name a woman. Name a woman, and they can never do it. They're, like, panicking because they're on the spot. So that's how I felt when Matt first asked me to do the Women's History Month post. He's like, would you do them, and who would you do? Like, suddenly I forget every woman <laughs> I, I've ever heard of. Am I a woman? Real? Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then the floodgates opened. Once I actually started thinking about it, I was like, wow, it became really overwhelming. Like, there are so many women that I didn't even know about in history that have accomplished so many things. Like, the very last one I did, um, Fatima Al-Fari, so I was in Morocco a couple years ago with my boyfriend, and we went to the oldest university in the world, which is in Fez. And it's such when a did it open? Place. Oh God! <laughs> Again, refer back to my video. Hello. I think, History. Oh, eight, eight, I think it was 859 um, CE. 859 CE is when that university was started. Very in, impressive. In, in Fez, <laughs> so like a millennium ago. We got this. Um, but she—it's funny because I didn't even, or if. If they, if they mentioned it, it was very casual. I didn't know that it was started by, that university was founded by a Muslim woman. It started off as a mosque. Both her and her sister got an inheritance from their father, and they both opened mosques, and she expanded it into a full-service university, and it's the first university in the world. Wow. And it's still in service today, and it also it was very important at a lot of points in history, like when the Europeans started to come, um, the exchange between, like, European culture and, like, Muslim culture, that university played a really big part in that exchange. It's just a very cool thing. I thought it would be really cool to, like, finish off with her. But, you know, actually, Kim, we were just talking about mm -hmm. Kim Obi, she's like, let me do a few more in the last few days of the month. And I said, sure, sure, sure. And I expected her to do, like, maybe one. So I had, like, organized three more which is more than I even needed to do. So I ended up with a <laughs> surplus. I had a surplus of people that I was covered, that I was I was trying to cover. And in the very beginning of the month, I was like, ah, fuck this shit. <laughs> I love doing it, but it's taking up so much of my time. Yeah. TikTok is, like, hard. Uh, I don't, I honestly don't even <laughs> understand hard. how people can post daily. Uh, I get I get overwhelmed trying to make sure I post once a week on that Well, app. also, like, you probably have a job to quote Jerome. Because Jerome is always <laughs> like, oh, you can do it. Like, you can totally do, like, three videos a day. I'm like, we don't have a job where we can sit there and make TikToks. If no. I take my phone out at my job to do anything besides <laughs> maybe, like, check an urgent message, like, that is not a part of the description. Yeah. I'm not killing time while I wait for someone to come by a, a spoof. Yeah from me or like like i don't yeah, know what else do they have at, at wonderland uh, 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 the, uh, captions, yeah. the captions are annoying oh my God, yeah. the captions fun fact are coming to tiktok you they, they'll they're, oh. they're going to have auto-generated captions but they're still going to be fucked up like the app does them, absolutely so you're still going to have to edit them it's you know it's oh, it, i sat there and typed them all out that's probably <laughs> me. might as well i feel like yeah. it would take less time than going and correcting all the edits um 
You can tell exactly what kind of mood I was in when I made those TikToks <laughs> just by, like, looking at me when I'm making exactly, them. Exactly, that's it. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just, like, I'm on my 13th take of this. I just want to get it done <laughs> with, and I'm talking faster than I knew I could talk. I didn't know I you could talk. Yeah, I could yeah. Si- I actually was able to, like, perceive your improvement in <laughs> the, like, the rate with which it you got spoke. Easier. It did get easier. That's that's the other from thing. day it one to day easier. thirty. Like the progress was incredible. I learned it like two three times as much by the end about an individual um, as I did in the beginning. But in any event, I learned a lot. Yeah. Um, to begin with, and and while it is kind of a pain to do the captions and and do all that reposting and and whatnot, like it really does make it so much more accessible. Yeah, because does, not, yeah. you can't necessarily always be listening to the audio on your phone, but you can read the My captions as you go along. My volume is always off, and yeah. I'm very petty. So one, <laughs> one, one thing that I keep in mind when I do anything on social media, which is not often these days, but especially with these TikTok posts, I keep in mind that anybody could be as petty as I am. If anything just annoys me or just, like, I'm just, you know. Yeah. They, they say that you only have, I forget what it is, you only have, like, a couple minutes to actually catch somebody's attention when you're marketing like but five seconds exactly well now it's like that so yeah. i think like I learned yeah that's that 2021 attention span yes. for you yeah so they, they say like you have like like between two and three minutes to catch somebody's attention with marketing and that was like an old saying now we live in the age of social media where it's way less than that you're right it's like mm-hmm. five seconds or less so if you don't yeah. catch somebody's attention right then and there you will keep scrolling and i know that so i'm just like all right you know often that's me my i so actually very quickly coming back to like uh mental health awareness i'm pretty sure recently i've come to terms with the fact that i think that i have like severe untreated adhd and uh, i thought the same thing i think that i have add tendencies i wouldn't diagnose myself with add but i definitely have the tendencies um oh absolutely and when i when i look at a lot of the um common uh I guess psychological attributes and or behavioral things. I'm like shit. Well, one thing like and that I'm, could have been me. If I go to a doctor yeah. and I say analyze me, I'm you know what I would put money on it. I'm not like saying that like you know I have ADD and you know I don't want to disrespect anybody that does, but like there's a lot about ADD that's misunderstood that I've come to learn in the past few years. Like a lot of people think of ADHD and ADD in this one way, and it actually is is different. Like you know. I'm sure it's a lot more dynamic it than more dynamic. it's it's given credit for, especially well, considering that the rapid. that the stereotypes yeah. are just that they are a overly energetic person or that they can't necessarily pay attention to things, which is not always untrue, but there is so much more to I think any kind of um mental health disorder yeah. um than what is that's what makes it difficult sometimes to diagnose people and that's why it's, it's so important if you're struggling with anything to see a professional because you know a lot of mental illnesses are co-occurrent a lot of people experience them there's no stigma necessary a lot of people struggle with anxiety depression all sorts of mental illnesses i think when you put like the you, people think illness and they're like ah oh, and they like try to like you know <laughs> act like i don't have this illness but the reality is it, it's very normal and a lot of people you know they suffer from it at all different varying degrees and like with with ADD and ADHD, like I've learned, this is this is one thing that made me think, oh, this kind of sounds like me. It's like <laughs> sometimes it's it's like the opposite of what you think it is. Like it's 
being like, I'm gonna get a bunch of stuff done today, and being like, like really, really like ready to go, and then getting nothing done that day, or getting like hyper fixated when on that one executive thing. dysfunction hits. Yeah, and the pandemic <laughs> has really like brought that to light for me. Like there came a point where I was like, if I don't make a list of no matter what I actually have to get done tomorrow, if I don't make a list of the things I have to do, none of it's getting done, and then I'm just gonna finish the day being like, oh wow. That was a waste. <laughs> or you just Note to self, start yeah. making lists. Well, I posted, that was actually like on my list sometimes. Like, it's funny, if you go on my phone right now, which is being used to record this, um, there's just like, I have like outdated lists for March. That's like, okay, you know, do this, do that, make the TikTok. Um, no so, more TikToks for me for a while. We'll see though, maybe, maybe. This is a form of social media that I think you deserve a break from, is the TikTok. Yes, I uh, encourage a break from the TikTok. <laughs> I'm more than willing to take a break. Yeah, I mean, I feel like even just not scrolling through that app. I hate doom scrolling when you on like, social media. Uh, That's part yeah. of why I abandoned it for the first place. Like, I stopped using social media for two reasons. First of all, it was like becoming a waste of my time. And that's not to say that social media isn't great and that it can't be used. Um, as a tool and to really help people build their brand and just to express themselves. But not only was I wasting time on it, like just scrolling. That's what Reddit also, is for. You know, I was learning about like a lot of people who I, who I did res who I do respect and who I do love. And you know, everybody puts their opinions out there, like especially on Facebook. Yeah. And I was like, I, oh, I I'm gonna start Facebook fighting for that reason. People. I'm like, if you yeah. can write long form, on this form of social media, like I don't want to be a part of it because if someone that has like dangerously opposing views to me <laughs> is able it's to over. write like a long-winded comment on some like some very short uh, note that I have about you know whether it be um about um Mass even this town <laughs> even this town like um. Anyone who has like a, a slightly opposing view, like I don't want to have to block people. I don't like so, social media. I think was originally intended to be fun. I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. But I can't yeah. even remember a time <laughs> when. So yeah, don't hit me up on Facebook. Is what I'm saying. Also, like I, I want to be. I want to acknowledge that people. I'm not always right. People have differing opinions from me, and exactly. that's okay. And I want to support that, and that's okay. Um, that but doesn't exist on Facebook. On Facebook, it's like just like I see somebody post some ignorant shit, and like I've also probably been that person to post ignorant shit at times. Like I'll recognize that. Oof, yeah. I'm not trying to come after. On my this friend. day <laughs> is like definitely get, like gives me a, a harsh reading um, from time to time. When I was like going back oh, yeah. to I the throwbacks, I'm like I, I will. I'll delete, I delete those like, posts. Ugh. I'm like I'm like teenage Jess kind of sucked. <laughs> like. A lot. It's okay. We all sucked. And, like, all yeah. the next generations are going to have even a harder yeah. time. Because at least we only had Facebook. We can just be like, oh, okay, oh yeah. Let, let me retroactively stuff. delete that post that they will automatically remind me I made a year ago or 20 years ago at this point. Actually, I feel like the oldest posts that I would have on there are, like, 13 years old. Or Mine something. are, like, seven. Well, I wasn't allowed good to on you. Okay. Well, honestly... <laughs> For the best. Good maybe. for exactly. you're, you're your family. You, good for you. I wish that somebody did that for me, so I wouldn't have to go oh, and delete all these. I posts. mean, not to throw it too back, but I I have vivid memories of a a very like well marked student that I was in the drama program at RBR with. Uh, shout out Redbank Regional High School VPA program, um, <laughs> who was like crying on the phone trying to tell her friend on her home computer to log into her Facebook and deactivate it 
because there were like photos of her drinking out of red solo cups or drinking a PBR yeah. or something along those lines when supposedly the school was going on kids' Facebook pages yeah. and like ex- not expelling and them, but they, like and then they, they would these get kids consequences. To come for join sororities and fraternities yeah. to binge drink on their campuses. It, it's that I think is stupid too. Yeah, I mean the the glorification of of that kind of a <coughs> lifestyle culture. is yeah it's it's not the best i mean we could get into the culture of uh, uh fraternities and 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 whatnot for days about how toxic that is but yeah. we ain't got the time for that let's also. talk about positive shit well hey that shit was fun too sometimes true oh absolutely i mean like you know <laughs> the, it was uh, again it's a kind of thing that was incepted for the concept of having a good time but it just so happens that, like, a good time for a straight white male might not be a great time for anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Women's History Month, guys. We, we're aware it's April, but we're going to keep saying Did you um, listen to the other Women's History episode with Caroline? With Caroline? No, I don't. Is that, was that a, it wasn't a live stream, right? It was this, it's this it was, one? It was, yes. I didn't get a chance to listen to it. That's another kind of, like, fault of mine, not going on social media. I do miss stuff that I really do want to, like, look into and see. <laughs> it's but because so I'm, like, on the outside world, I miss this stuff, so I apologize. Nothing you say through will bash men as much as that one did. I'm just going <laughs> to say. Oh, wow. I got to go back and listen to that. Well, I only, I feel like I only had the chance to listen to, like, the first ten minutes or so. I love all the members of the podcast. They're all great. All the men, and you, Jess, of course. Thanks. All the men, but men suck. <laughs> well, I feel like while, while we're on the topic, like, one really important thing that I learned well, in... I was going to say not all men. But, <laughs> not all men, but, but we can say it, and it makes sense because we have met a lot of them. Yeah. But if you... It's, I think, with any kind of situation, like, if you are the, like, of the group that's being criticized, you have to be humble. You can't, like, go on the offensive, reactionary... To be like, but no, I'm good, therefore some are good. Like, just sit back and think and consider a little bit where the other perspective is coming from. I'm going to make three points. So first of all, one of my favorite sayings, if it it doesn't apply, let it fly. I say it all the time. I have men that I love very much in my life who are like, listen, like, I'm doing my best. I'm putting myself out there. I'm a feminist. I'm supporting these women. But I still get shit on. And I'm like, well... If it doesn't apply, let it fly. And um, a- another thing, maybe it's two points, but anyways, uh, one, one thing that we learned a lot about in one of my feminist classes that I took at Rutgers is that the patriarchy affects everybody, um, men as well. Mm-hmm. So there is a higher incidence of domestic violence in countries where men are pretty much treated like pawns in the workforce. So mm-hmm. like specifically like South America, just for example, where like, you know, men also are harmed under the patriarchy men are often like not given certain rights men are sometimes kind of just treated treated as like workhorses and their lives are not valued and not only is that inherently wrong um you know from a humanistic approach but also like like i said there is actually a higher incidence of domestic violence and that just brings us back to like the the like the the violent cycle yeah that that creates Mm -hmm. so like you know <laughs> when, What's up? When, when talking Backdoor about boys coming through. I think it's really important. And like you know, me as like a, like I'm a white person. I recognize my white privilege. I've done a lot of t- a lot, I've spent a lot of time, you know, recognizing it and, and and learning and reading. And like if you're a man and you're listening to this, like I'm I'm not trying to attack you. Know yeah. that this might not necessarily be directly targeted at you, but like right. as women, we have to like we are in danger every day of our lives when we go out there. 
you know, I haven't actually met many women who haven't been sexually assaulted. I've met way less women who haven't than have. And again, to reiterate my point, like there are places in the world where the patriarchy affects men just as mm-hmm. just as bad. Yeah. Like the, with- the negative impact mm-hmm. on men by the patriarchy is something that I feel like is not as widely recognized, and yet they are some of the most victimized people yeah. by it. The the societal pressures um, that come with the assumption that you're going to be a breadwinner, that you're going to never express your emotions, yeah. the amount of, of suppression. But that, like, what you work, like, your work is the only valuable thing about you. There are countries in the world where, as a man, like, the only value to you is the fact that you work. And that's just harmful. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, and uh, from a humanitarian standpoint, like, every individual has their own special nuances about who they are as an individual, and the, I mean, capitalist patriarchy especially um, considers pretty much every individual that it pumps out <laughs> um, to just be a worker, to to be a means to an end for production, uh, whether it be customer service, et cetera. And, like, I mean, I don't want to get super-duper crazy into this, but, like, I have my own assumptions, beliefs that the uh, pro-life movement that is outside of the, like, fundamentalist Christian standpoint has a lot to do with victimizing women um, and considering them just baby-making facilities um, that they can produce more more workers for this uh, complex that uh, is rooted in capitalism. So not to go on that super tangent, but um, I do <laughs> want to kind of get that out there. We might as well get it out there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting to have two women to talk to. <laughs> Um, it's not necessarily always something that, uh, within the confines, or I wouldn't even call it that, but within the parameters of our group that we're necessarily always able to do. So, um, I really want to thank you for being here with us, for taking the time to, to chat. Um, and it, I realize that we're, I don't even know what the time is, what we're, we're oh, working I with. Usually I keep track, but I didn't. Um, but that's okay. Like, it's, we got other stuff on the schedule. Who cares? Yeah, um, we're fine. But, I, I mean, I think, you know, if there's anything else that we want to make sure to touch on, now would probably oh, yes. be one, the time to do so. One last thing. I've already talked about it once. We're going to talk about it again. Go to www.apwantsrentcontrol.com if you want to learn more. Perfect. So about the rent control vote on April twentieth in Asbury Park. Okay. Thank you so much. And that that's uh, APAHC underscore NJ on Instagram as well. Um, though I uh, I feel like well, we're maybe end this on like a positive note. So so Anna, thank you. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for, for having me. Thank <laughs> you for helping out the podcast. And oh, absolutely. We on. we so 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 appreciate yeah, you being so, um yeah. like a uh, one of our main supporters when it comes to creating content to I to actually like the the important you know (laughs) so-called more important um parts of us as an entity is supporting the community and I think that you um are a shining example of of that aspect of our mission 
um, is bettering the community, is, is just, uh, I mean, supporting people. Um, whether it be it. the field that you're going into, the, uh, the way that you've, you've educated uh, our followers um, our about women in history. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, not that we really got time to mention it, but I think that you've, you've probably had plenty of time to do so on other episodes that you've had a guest spot on. But um, I am so honored and pleased to be a part of Flexiglass with you. Um, if you don't follow us already... Plexiglass underscore official on Instagram is where you can find our band. Um, we do make music and we, we do covers and, and, and stuff of that nature. But really, our mission as a, as a group is, again, just to be a pillar in the community, to set a good example, to bring people together, and um, to make people happy. So um, we love you. <laughs> Signing off. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a Thank wonderful you. week. Um, Black Lives Matter uh, protects you, Asian lives. Um, don't forget to vote on April 20th for the rent stabilization ordinance. Um, we love Asbury Park. <laughs>